Act Two of the Twin Rivals by George Farquhar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One, The Park. Constance and Aurelia discovered. Prithee, cousin Constance, be cheerful. Let the dead lord sleep in peace and look up to the living take pen ink and paper and write immediately to your lover that he is now a baron of england and that you long to be a baroness nay aurelia there is some regard due to the memory of the father for the respect i bear the son besides i don't know how i could wish my young lord were at home in this juncture this brother of his some mischief will happen i had a very ugly dream last night in short i am eaten up with the spleen my dear come come walk about and divert it the air will do you good think of other people's affairs a little when did you see clelia i'm glad you mentioned her don't you observe her gaiety to be much more forced than formerly her humour don't sit so easy upon her no nor her stays neither i can assure you did you observe how she devoured the pomegranates yesterday she talks of visiting a relation in leicestershire she fainted away in the country dance t'other night richmore shunned her in the walk last week and his footman laughed she takes laudanum to make her sleep at nights ah poor clelia what will she do cousin do why nothing till the nine months be up that's cruel aurelia how can you make merry with her misfortunes i am positive she was no easy conquest some singular villainy has been practised upon her yes yes the fellow would be practising upon me too i thank him have a care cousin he has a promising person nay for that matter his promising person may as soon be broke as his promising vows nature indeed has made him a giant and he wars with heaven like the giants of old then why will you admit his visits i never did but all the servants are more his than our own he has a golden key to every door in the house besides he makes my uncle believe that his intentions are honourable and indeed he has said nothing yet to disprove it but cousin do you see who comes yonder sliding along the mall captain truman i protest the campaign has improved him he makes a very clean well-furnished figure ah youthful easy and good-natured i could wish he would know us are you sure he's well-bred i tell you he's good-natured and i take good manners to be nothing but a natural desire to be easy and agreeable to whatever conversation we fall into and a porter with this is mannerly in his way and a duke without it has but the breeding of a dancing-master i like him for his affection to my young lord and i like him for his affection to my young person how how cousin you never told me that how should i he never told it me but i have discovered it by a great many signs and tokens that are better security for his heart than ten thousand vows and promises he's richmore's nephew ah 
would he were his heir too he's a pretty fellow but then he's a soldier and must share his time with his mistress honour in flanders no no i'm resolved against a man that disappears all summer like a woodcock enter captain truman behind them as passing over the stage that's for me whoever spoke it the ladies turn about aurelia what captain you're afraid of everything but the enemy i have reason ladies to be most apprehensive when there is most danger the enemy is satisfied with a leg or an arm but here i'm in hazard of losing my heart none in the world sir nobody here designs to attack it but suppose it be assaulted and taken already madam then we'll return it without ransom but suppose madam the prisoner chose to stay where it is that were to turn deserter and you know captain what such deserve the punishment undergoes this moment shot to death nay then tis time for me to put in pray sir have you heard the news of my lord woodby's death truman to constance people mind not the death of others madam that are expiring themselves to aurelia do you consider madam the penalty of wounding a man in the park heyday why captain do you intend to make a vigo business of it and break the boom at once sir if you only rally pray let my cousin have her share or if you would be particular pray be more respectful not so much upon the declaration i beseech you sir i have been fair creature a perfect coward in my passion i have had hard strugglings with my fear before i durst engage and now perhaps behave too desperately sir i am very sorry that you have said so much for i must punish you for it though it be contrary to my inclination come cousin will you walk servant sir exit with aurelia charming creature i must punish you for it though it be contrary to my inclination hope and despair in a breath but i'll think the best exit scene two benjamin woodby's lodgings enter benjamin woodby and mrs mandrake meeting thou life and soul of sacred dealings welcome my dear child bless thee who would have imagined that i brought this great rogue into the world he makes me an old woman i protest but so, my child i forgot i'm sorry for the loss of your father sorry at my heart poor man <laughs> mr woodby have you got a drop of brandy in your closet i ain't very well to-day that you shan't want but be pleased to sit my dear mother calls to servant here jack the brandy bottle now madam i have occasion to use you in dressing up a handsome cheat for me <laughs> i defy any chambermaid in england to do it better i have dressed up a hundred and fifty cheats in my time <laughs> enter jack with the brandy bottle here boy this glass is too big carry it away i'll take a sup out of the bottle exit jack right madam my business being very urgent in three words tis this 
hold sir till i take advice of my counsel there is nothing more comfortable to a poor creature and fitter to revive wasting spirits than a little plain brandy i ain't for your hot spirits your rosa solis your ratafias your orange waters and the like a moderate glass of cool nonce is the thing but to our business madam uh, my father is dead and i have a mind to inherit his estate you put the case very well one of two things i must choose either to be a lord or a beggar be a lord to choose though i have known some that have chosen both i have a brother that i love very well but since one of us must want i had rather he should starve than i upon my conscience dear heart you're in the right on it now your advice upon these heads they be matters of weight and i must consider drinks is there a will in the case there is which excludes me from every foot of the estate oh, that's bad where's your brother he's now in germany and his way to england and is expected very soon how soon in a month or less <laughs> oh a month is a great while our business must be done in an hour or two we must drinks suppose your brother to be dead nay he shall be actually dead and my lord my humble service to you oh madam i'm your ladyship's most devoted make your words good and i'll say no more sir you shall have it you shall have it i but how dear mrs mandrake mistress mandrake is that all why not mother aunt grandmother sir i have done more for you this moment than all the relations you have in the world let me hear it by the strength of this potent inspiration i have made you a peer of england with seven thousand pound a year <laughs> my lord i wish you joy drinks the woman's mad i believe quick quick my lord counterfeit a letter presently from germany that your brother is killed in a duel let it be directed to your father and fall into the hands of the steward when you are by what sort of fellow is the steward why a timorous half-honest man that a little persuasion will make a whole knave he wants courage to be thoroughly just or entirely a villain but good backing will make him either and he shan't want that 
i tell you the letter must come into his hands when you are by upon this you take immediate possession and so you have the best part of the law on your side but suppose my brother comes in the meantime this must be done this very moment let him come when you're in possession i'll warrant we'll find a way to keep him out <laughs> but how my dear contriver by your father's will man your father's will that is one that your father might have made and which we will make for him i'll send you a nephew of my own a lawyer that shall do the business go get into possession possession i say let us have but the estate to back the suit and you will find the law too strong for justice i warrant you my oracle how shall we revel in delight when this great prediction is accomplished but one thing yet remains my brother's mistress the charming constance let her be mine <laughs> she's yours of course she's contracted to you for she's engaged to marry no man but my lord would be son and heir now you being the person <laughs> she is recoverable by law marry her no no she's contracted to him twere injustice to rob a brother of his wife an easier favour will satisfy me why truly as you say that favour is so easy that i wonder they make such a bustle about it but get you gone and mind your affairs i must about mine oh i had forgot where's that foolish letter you had this morning from richmore i have posted it up in the chocolate house yeah! i shall fall into fits hold me no no i did but jest here it is but be assured madam i wanted only time to have exposed it oh you barbarous man why so because when knaves of our sex and fools of yours meet they make the best jest in the world sir the world has a better share in the jest when we are the knaves and you the fools but look ye sir if ever you open your mouth about this trick i'll discover all your tricks therefore silence and safety on both sides madam you need not doubt my silence at present because my own affairs will employ me sufficiently so there's your letter gives the letter and now to write my own at you my lord exit would be let me see opens the letter and reads if there be solemnity in protestations ah, that's foolish very foolish 
why should she expect solemnity in protestations <laughs> i may still depend upon the faith of my rich moor ah oh, poor clelia <laughs> i can no longer hide the effects on it from the world <laughs> the effects on it how modestly is that expressed well tis a pretty letter <laughs> and i'll keep it exit scene three a room in lord woodby's house mr and mrs clear account discovered you are to blame you are much to blame husband in being so scrupulous tis true this foolish conscience of mine has been the greatest bar to my fortune and will ever be so tell me but one that thrives and i'll show you a hundred that starve by it do you think tis fourscore pound a year makes my lord gouty's steward's wife live at the rate of four hundred upon my word my dear i'm as good a gentlewoman as she and i expect to be maintained accordingly tis conscience i warrant that buys her the point heads and diamond necklace was it conscience that bought her the fine house in german street is it conscience that enables the steward to buy when the lord is forced to sell but what would you have me do do now's your time that small morsel of an estate your lord bought lately a thing not worth mentioning take it towards your daughter molly's portion what's two hundred a year twill never be missed tis but a small matter i must confess and as a reward for my past faithful service i think it but reasonable i should cheat a little now reasonable all the reason that can be if the ungrateful world won't reward an honest man why let an honest man reward himself there's five hundred pounds you received but two days ago lay them aside you may easily sink it in the charge of funeral do my dear now kiss me and do it well you have such a winning way with you but my dear i'm so much afraid of my young lord's coming home he's a cunning close man they say and will examine my accounts very narrowly ay my dear would you had the younger brother to deal with you might manage him as you pleased i see him coming let us weep let us weep they pull out their handkerchiefs and seem to mourn enter benjamin woodby ah oh, sir we have all lost a father a friend and a supporter ay mr stewart we must submit to fate as he has done and it is no small addition to my grief honest mr clear account that it is not in my power to supply my father's place to you and yours your sincerity and justice to the dead merits the greatest regard from those that survive him had i but my brother's ability or he my inclinations i'll assure you mrs clear account you should not have such cause to mourn ah oh, good noble sir your brother sir i hear is a very severe man he is what the world calls a prudent man mr stuart 
I have often heard him very severe upon men of your business, and has declared that for form's sake, indeed, he would keep a steward, but that he would inspect into all his accounts himself. I, Mr. Woodby, you have more sense than to do these things. You have more honour than to trouble your head with your own affairs. Would to heavens we were to serve you. Would I could serve you, madam, without injustice to my brother. Enter footman. A letter for my lord Woodby. It comes too late, alas, for his perusal. Let me see it. Opens and reads. Frankfort, October 10, New Style. Frankfort? Where's Frankfort, sir? In Germany. This letter must be for my brother. I suppose he's a-coming home. Tis none of his hands. Let me see. Reads. My lord. I am troubled at this unhappy occasion of sending to your lordship. Your brave son and my dear friend was yesterday unfortunately killed in a duel by a German count. I shall love a German count as long as I live. My lord, my lord, now I may call you so, since your elder brother's dead. How? Read there. Gives the letter. Woodby peruses it. Oh, my fate! A father and a brother in one day. Heavens, tis too much. Where is the fatal messenger? A gentleman, sir, who said he came post on purpose. He was afraid the contents of the letter would unqualify my lord for company, so he would take another time to wait on him. Exit. Nay, then. Tis true. And there is truth in dreams. Last night I dreamed. Nay, my lord, I dreamed too. I dreamed I saw your brother dressed in a long minister's gown. Lord bless us with a book in his hand, walking before a dead body to the grave. Oh, Mr. Clear Account, get morning ready. Will your lordship have the old coach covered, or a new one made? A new one. The old coach with the grey horses I give to Mrs. Clear Account here. Tis not fit she should walk the streets. Mrs. Clear Account aside. Heavens bless the German Count, I say. Aloud. But, my lord— No reply, madam. You shall have it, and receive it but as the earnest of my favours. Mr. Clear Account, I double your salary, and all the servants' wages, to moderate their grief for our great losses. Pray, sir, take order about these affairs. I shall, my lord. Exit with Mrs. Clear Account. So, I have got possession of the castle. And if I had but a little law to fortify me now, I believe we might hold it out a great while. Oh, here comes my attorney. Enter Suttleman. Mr. Suttleman, your servant. My lord, I wish you great joy. My aunt Mandrake has sent me to receive your commands. Has she told you anything of the affair? Not a word, my lord. Why then? Come nearer. 
can you make a man right heir to an estate during the life of an elder brother i thought you had been the eldest that we are not yet agreed upon for you must know there is an impertinent fellow that takes a fancy to dispute the seniority with me for look ye sir my mother has unluckily sowed discord in the family by bringing forth twins my brother tis true was first-born but i believe from the bottom of my heart i was the first begotten so i understand you are come to an estate and dignity that by justice indeed is your own but by law it falls to your brother i had rather mr subtleman it were his by justice and mine by law for i would have the strongest title if possible i am very sorry there should happen any breach between brethren so i think that it would be but a christian uncharitable act to take away all further disputes by making you true heir to the estate by the last will of your father look here i'll divide stakes you shall yield the eldership and honour to him and he shall quit his estate to you why as you say i don't much care if i do grant him the eldest half an hour is but a trifle but how shall we do about this will who shall we get to prove it never trouble yourself for that i expect a cargo of witnesses and uskbar by the first fair wind but we can't stay for them it must be done immediately well well we'll find somebody i warrant you to make oath of his last words that's impossible my father died of an apoplexy and did not speak at all that's nothing sir he's not the first dead man that i have made to speak you're a great master of speech i don't question sir and i can assure you there will be ten guineas for every word you extort from him in my favour oh sir that's enough to make your great-grandfather speak come then i'll carry you to my steward he shall give you the names of the manors and the true titles and denominations of the estate and then you shall go to work exeunt scene four the park enter richmore and captain truman meeting oh brave coz you're very happy with the fair i find pray which of those two ladies you encountered just now has your adoration she that commands by forbidding it and since i had courage to declare to herself i dare now own it to the world aurelia sir is my angel Ha! a long pause sir i find you're of everybody's religion but methinks you make a bold flight at first do you think your captain's pay will stake against so high a gamester what do you mean mean bless me sir mean you're a man of mighty honour we all know but i'll tell you a secret the thing is public already i should be proud that all mankind were acquainted with it i should despise the passion that could make me either ashamed or afraid to own it ha 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 
prithee dear captain no more of those rotomontados you may as soon put a standing army upon us i'll tell you another secret five hundred pound is the least penny nay to my knowledge she has fifteen hundred nay to my knowledge she took five took five how where in her lap in her lap captain where should it be i'm amazed so am i that she could be so unreasonable fifteen hundred pound steth had she that price from you sedeth i meant her portion why what have you to do with her portion i loved her up to marriage by this light marriage <laughs> i love the gypsy for her cunning a young easy amorous credulous fellow of two-and-twenty was just the game she wanted i find she presently singled you out from the herd you distract me a soldier too that must follow the wars abroad and leave her to engagements at home death and furies i'll be revenged what can you do you'll challenge her will you her reputation was spotless when i went over so was the reputation of marechal boufflet but do you think that while you were beating the french abroad that we were idle at home now now we have had our sieges our capitulations and surrenders and all that we have cut ourselves out good winter quarters as well as you and are you billeted there looky truman you ought to be very trusty to a secret that has saved you from destruction in plain terms i have buried five hundred pounds in that little spot and i should think it very hard if you took it over my head not by a lease for life i can assure you but i shall what you hant five hundred pounds to give looky since you can make no sport spoil none in a year or two she dwindles to a perfect basset bank everybody may play at it that pleases and then you may put in for a piece or two dear sir i could worship you for this not for this nephew for i did not intend it but i came to seek you upon another affair were you not in the presence last night i was did not you talk to clelia my lady taper's niece a fine woman well i met her upon the stairs and handing her to her coach she asked me if you were not my nephew and said two or three warm things that persuade me she likes you her relations have interest at court and she has money in her pocket but this devil aurelia still sticks with me what then the way to love in one place with success is to marry in another with convenience clelia has four thousand pound this applied to your reigning ambition whether love or advancement will go a great way and for her virtue and conduct be assured that nobody can give a better account of it than myself i am willing to believe from this late accident that you consult my honour and interest in what you propose and therefore i am satisfied to be governed i see the very lady in the walk wheel about it I wait on you. Exeunt. Scene five. A room in Lord Woodby's house. Benjamin Woodby, Suttleman, and Clear Account discovered. Well, Mr. Suttleman, 
you are sure the will is firm and good in law i warrant you my lord and for the last words to prove it here they are look here mr clear account yes that is an answer to the question that was put to him you know by those about him when he was a-dying yes or no he must have said so we have chosen yes yes i have made my will as it may be found in the custody of mr clare account my steward and i desire that it may stand as my last will and testament did you ever hear a dying man's words more to the purpose an apoplexy i tell you my lord had intervals to the last ay but how shall these words be proved my lord shall speak em now shall he faith ay now if the corpse beant buried look here sir these words must be put into his mouth and drawn out again before us all and if they won't be his last words then i'll be perjured what violate the dead it must not be mr subtleman with all my heart sir but i think you had better violate the dead of a tooth or so than violate the living of seven thousand pound a year but is there no other way no sir what do you think mr clare account here will hazard soul and body to swear they are his last words unless they be made his last words for my part sir i'll swear to nothing but what i see with my eyes come out of a man's mouth but it looks so unnatural what to open a man's mouth and put in a bit of paper that is all but the body is cold and his teeth can't be got asunder but what occasion has your father for teeth now i tell you what i knew a gentleman three days buried taken out of his grave and his dead hand set to his last will unless somebody made him sign another afterwards and i know the estate to be held by that tenure to this day and a firm tenure it is for a dead hand holds fastest and let me tell you dead teeth will fasten as hard well well use your pleasure you understand the law best exeunt subtleman and clear account what a mighty confusion is brought into families by sudden death men should do well to settle their affairs in time had my father done this before he was taken ill what a trouble had he saved us but he was taken suddenly poor man re-enter subtleman your father still bears the old grudge i find it was with much struggling he consented i never knew a man so loath to speak in my life he was always a man of few words now i may safely bear witness myself as the scrivener there present i love to do things with a clear conscience subscribes 
but the law requires three witnesses. Oh, I shall pick up a couple more that perhaps may take my word for it. But is not Mr. Clear account in your interest? I hope so. Then he shall be one. A witness in the family goes a great way. Besides, these foreign evidences are risen confoundedly since the wars. I hope if mine escape the privateers to make a hundred pounds an ear of every head of em. But the steward is an honest man, and shall save you the charges. Exit. The pride of birth, the heats of appetite, and fears of want, are strong temptations to injustice. But why injustice? The world has broke all civilities with me, and left me in the eldest state of nature, wild, where force or cunning first created right. I cannot say I ever knew a father. It is true, I was begotten in his lifetime, but I was posthumous born, and lived not till he died. My hours indeed I numbered, but ne'er enjoyed em till this moment. My brother, what is brother? We are all so, and the first two were enemies. He stands before me in the road of life to rob me of my pleasures. My senses, formed by nature for delight, are all alarmed. My sight, my hearing, taste and touch, call loudly on me for their objects, and they shall be satisfied. Exit. End of Act Two.